Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are supremely chill, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So, Jonah, I was thinking about when we were in high school... And the one year when we were in French class together, even though you're two years ahead of me. Yeah, you were in more kind of advanced classes. And so I don't know. I first took a class called Phenomenon of Language, which was Latin. Right. Which is, I think they kind of phased that out. I think by the 90s, they were Latin was on its way out. But we did take French together and we each had to pick a French name. Yes. And do you remember yours? Okay, well, I started taking French when I was in, I want to say fifth grade. I know that sounds pretty advanced, but that's when I think you could, you could start really early in Brady Middle School. Okay. Yeah, I definitely and wasn't doing that. The name that I chose was Virginie because our cousin Jeremy's wife is French and that's her name. Mm-hmm. And then once I was in high school, just because American kids are just such little demons, <laughs> I thought it sounded too much like virgin and I thought I'd get made fun of. So I changed it to Veronique, which if I'm being honest, I think Virginie is such a beautiful name, but I do think I'm more of a Veronique. Now, Jonah, your name, I will never forget. Do you want to talk about it? Well, I was a big action movie fan. And so I had to go with Jean-Claude. Yes. After Jean-Claude Van Damme. And so every time the teacher would call him, she'd be like, Jean-Claude. <laughs> um, and I thought it was like so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I was called multiple times in class every time I was called by the name Jean-Claude. You know, the other thing that was funny was that I would tutor you a lot in when yeah. we were, and you would just want to play guitar. Right. And I would be tutoring you. But that's not the thing that I was going to say was funny. There was something else. I don't remember. But I do remember that you made me look so cool because I was like my cool older brothers in this class. And then there were people who were in the grade between us that I thought were cool, like other cool teens. And they were like, I guess we have to be cool to Vanessa because her cool older brother's in here. And I say cool more. <laughs> the other thing I remember is that our French teacher was really into food and would bring menus in all the time. And then remember when we made a king cake or we made some kind of cake? I think there's a couple cakes in French culture that have little plastic babies hidden in them. Okay. But there's at least one. (laughs) 
And we made that cake for extra credit. And it was, I remember the recipe was in our textbook. And you know, textbook recipes kind of like leave a lot to the imagination because they don't, I think, really expect people to make it, to make them. It's just sort of like, look at this recipe for a French thing in your French textbook. And then we actually, we went ahead and did it. Well, she must have, looking back, and this is the last thing I'll say about this topic, is she must have stolen those menus because you can't just go to a restaurant and be like, I want to show this to my class. Can I just have this? I think you just got to take it and be like, this is for education. They can print more. Well, she was obsessed with... Paul Bocuse. Yes, of course. Paul Bocuse. And she talked about how one time when they did the high school French trip to France, I actually did when I was older. I was still in high school. That they went to Paul Bocuse's restaurant and were treated to a many course meal of all this French food. And remember, she would talk about it like every other class. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was obsessed with Paul Bocuse, and rightfully so. It was Mrs. Mauser, right? She changed her name when she got married. She would bring in the menu, and I think they probably gave it to her. She didn't have a ton of them. It wasn't like she was passing them out, was she? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if they gave it to her. Okay, don't get mad at me about it. <laughs> I'm not mad, but... <laughs> well, should we introduce our guest yes. today? <laughs> I want to say, Vanessa's in like a little bit of a weird mood today. I think um, you're in a weird mood. <laughs> so I, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But yes, our guest today is a musician and engineer <laughs> who is currently signed to Sub Pop Records, whose solo project Bully will be releasing their highly anticipated fourth album, Lucky For You, on June 2nd. Let's please welcome Alicia Bagnano to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Alicia. Hi. <laughs> Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Alicia, I'm so sorry you're catching Jonah in such a mood today. But did you take any foreign languages when you were in high school? I did, but I was like not a good student. Spanish was very overwhelming for me. Though I wish I would have taken the route like that. You know, some people would go for like Italian sometimes. Yes, that would have been so cool. I don't think we had that option at our school, but that would have been incredible. You could take Chinese at our school though. And I feel like that would have been That would have been cool. You know, Ashley Cameron, who is my friend, she studied it and she, I don't know if she studied, she must've studied it at our school. And then she went out and now she like fully speaks Chinese and she like lived in China, I think. That's, that would be yeah, ideal. Yeah. So you anyway, took Spanish. What was your kind of vibe like in Spanish class? Were you just, this is high school, I don't care about my classes? Or yeah. Were you just, yeah. My general vibe in like education from like kindergarten to 12th grade, which is all of it, was not, it was a bumpy road. Yeah. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Yeah. I mean, I tried my best, but I, of course. there was, I couldn't, very overwhelming for me. And I also like second guess myself all the time. So it's like, yeah, you know, and like you're going to get called on. It's actually... I'm now remembering this, but a few years ago, like right before COVID hit, I did take a community college class for Spanish. Like anyone can sign up for them. I did like a ceramic class first and I was like, oh, that's fun. I'll try Spanish. And it was like round two. I've got this. I'm like, you know, a little more put together. And I went through the class and it was like, it it was... It was a disaster. Yeah, it was like the same thing all over again, except for I was like, you know, even more nervous when I'm like, a key, you know, you're just like. (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. How did ceramics go? Ceramics was a a disaster. But I mean, it was at least fun. And it was like, I went with one of my friends and yeah, it was good. It was like, we got to spend a few hours together, but it was like, I kept, I feel like I kind of kept getting worse and I don't really know how that (laughs) happened. Cause then I like also followed that class up with private lessons. And it was like, every time my teacher would be like, I think you've got this, like, I'm going to step into the other room. I was like, listen, babe, I do not have this. Like, (laughs) It was really rough, but I'm also left-handed. So like anything that 
is yes. shown to me is the opposite. So it was like, I just, I'm not like smooth like that. Or I'm not like smooth or patient, you know, like. I get it. I get it. You're doing yeah. great, you know. But I, yeah. speaking of smooth, do you guys remember, this is not a great transition, but back to languages. Do you remember feeling like it was cooler to take Spanish than to take French? I feel like French was cooler because French was like, everyone was like, oh, romance, like the language of love. I feel like when we were in high school, it was so much cooler to take Spanish, but I took French because our dad spoke French, <laughs> which we talk about our dad a lot on here. But Jonah, did you feel that way at all? Maybe it changed and French became cooler later. I don't really remember. Like I said, I honestly remember mostly this Latin class and I remember basically all being kids who didn't want to take Language. Like a language that still existed. And it was a real, real ragtag group of kids in this Latin class. I remember that. Like, Got it. it was not, there was a lot of behavioral issues going Behavior, on. Behavior. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, was it Mrs. Yeah. Gobetz? And yeah. people would be so mean to her. I never yeah. had her. I just remember her name because all the bad kids would like make fun of her. N- not nice. Yeah, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough scene in there. Yes. And, you know, I loved French class so much that I, First of all, I just remembered I have a recurring nightmare that I keep having to go into school late and missing my first period French class. And then it's like senior year and I'm not in the most advanced class or I'm either not in the most advanced class or I keep going to the class and I can't keep up. Isn't that absolutely fucked up? But anyway, (laughs) but I took French class. I was a French major in college. I was also a communications major. Am I using either of them today? Well, I guess we're communicating and talking about French, so yes. Um, But... I was a French major and I just always took, and you just had to take a French class basically every semester. And then if you studied abroad, which I did, I studied in Paris for a semester. I don't know why I'm not, I didn't lead with this. I've got, I feel like I've got a real, anyway. Yeah, you've been, you have a lot of French I have a experience. lot of French experience. But the best thing about taking French is that we talked about our teacher who would always have us bring in food for extra credit and stuff, but truly every French class, they have you bring in food and make food. And like, it's kind of just, you get to eat a lot if you take a French class. Like every semester, we would just be eating so much food and it rocked. Yeah, that's a definite plus. I would I would be in French if I knew food was like part of the, it's part of the deal. Yeah. yeah, it really <laughs> Alicia, is. Alicia, do you ever have nightmares that you're not in the most advanced class in <laughs> high school? <laughs> I actually, I was definitely not. I was like pulled out. I have really bad ADHD, but I didn't know when I was a kid. So I was just always like being pulled out of class and like helped and stuff. It like didn't click, which is fine because I am like good at other things. But yeah, no, I was never in advanced classes. But I do have nightmares sometimes that I think I'm going to graduate college and then I find out I'm like two credits away and I'm like ready to go and then yeah I'm like meeting with with counselors and I'm like what do you mean I have five credits left so I do have I mean it's kind of like similar it's similar it is because it's like that feeling of like I'm not accomplishing the thing I'm not going to get the degree it's like this stuff that like was probably really stressful for us when we were younger and now when we're stressed out we just revert or something when we're dreaming it's very I know. And also, if you think about it, I don't know. It just, it feels so crazy. Then when you wake up and you're like, at least for me, I'm like, college was, and high school especially was such a long time ago. 
It was like 80 years ago. <laughs> it's like 500 million years ago. Alicia, do you have anxiety dreams like being a musician now? Like I have these dreams sometimes where like you're playing a big show and you can't find your guitar, you can't find oh this, your amp. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And in high school too, like when I was serving and in college, I was serving and I would have like dreams that I would be serving and then I wouldn't have any pants on and I was like panicking. Oh, oh my and then gosh. When, yeah. And then when I started playing shows, it was like, the last one I had like this, it was like everyone was on stage except for me and I couldn't get my guitar. But then I found it, but I forgot like how to walk. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Crawling onto stage. <laughs> and I think I was maybe like half awake, you know, when you're just like kind of conscious, but you can't move. And I was like trying to crawl my way up on stage. <gasps> and then I was kind of just laying on the floor. And I woke up and I was like, oh my God. But I think it was like after COVID happened Ugh. and like the idea of getting going again, it was just mm. like fresh on my mind. But I am like, yes, <laughs> dreams, nightmares. I've had all of them. It's like every night for me, very vivid. Totally. Do you know that I have a dream all the time that I'm just remembering all these dreams as we're talking that, you know, I left SNL after seven years, but I have a dream that I keep going back and sort of being like, Maybe I'll do a writer's night and write some sketches and then like I'm not really turning anything in and then I'm like in one or two sketches and I, but I, so then I've like kind of never left and I'm like asking my managers like, did they pay me for, are they paying me for these shows? Cause I'm like kind of still, and then like I decide to come back and do like another season, but I'm kind of like there all the time, but it's like, it's not going as well as the first seven seasons and I just have so many dreams that I left, but I then I've come back and now I just sort of come to the shows all the time and see if I can be in any, in any sketches. But people are asking themselves, why is Vanessa still here? Not that they're asking, but that I'm sort of, I wouldn't say being ignored, but I'm being sort of like, nobody really cares that I'm there. And I'm just to the point where I, I'm sort of like, I'm here, but I don't even know if I'm getting a paycheck from this. <laughs> But those dreams, I feel like you're, it's like you're always back in the moment, but you're like failing. Yes. Just a little bit. It's like they're, it's always like that. Yes. And the thing of not being able to move your body fast enough, that's a huge one of yeah. being stuck. Yes. And also, I have so many dreams that I'm like running late for something and I, or a trip and I have to pack and I have so much stuff to pack and then I'm going to miss my trip. God, should we? That makes so st stressful. Yeah, so stressful. It's tough. But it's also, tough. we're all doing great. Is that at the end of the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I want to say that. Would it be cool to like ever in our lives experience having a dream where we're actually like doing well. Like you never like you're never like oh. in the dream. Like God, I was killing it. It's yes. always like I was yes. just barely making it. Does yeah. anybody care about me? <laughs> I remember I had a dream once that. I still remember kind of, we got to go to Tina Fey's apartment. This was before I was on SNL. This was years before it. And it was so cool. And I was like, I guess I'm friends with Tina Fey. And then I woke up and I was so sad that I wasn't friends well, with her. Well, that's a problem with having a good dream is like you have yeah. a dream, you have this go-kart and then you wake up and you're like, I can't wait to ride my go-kart. And then you remember that you don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Jonah has heard me talk. I mean, all of our podcast listeners have heard me talk a million times about how I had it. 
dream when I was a kid where I could jump down our stairs in our house from the top to the bottom. And then one time I woke up and tried to do it. And it was basically mathematically impossible because from in terms of where the arc that it has I to do with gravity, to, physics. Yeah, yeah, just physically. Yeah, yeah. Sure. In physically and in a physics way, impossible because I wouldn't have been able to get the height unless I hovered above each stair at like two inches, which we've talked about. (laughs) But anyways, I remember standing at the top of the stairs and being like, wait, I never really did this. And it was (laughs) devastating. That's tough. (laughs) That is tough. Alicia, when did you start sort of playing guitar? Because for me, I was also not as into school as Vanessa, but I was very into playing guitar. Were you sort of, was that something you were into like when you were in high school as well? No, I didn't really start playing electric guitar until I was like in college. I remember at one point in high school, I like saved up my money and got like, some like starter acoustic guitar but for me that was like way more difficult than electric guitar and I feel like once I got electric guitar it was actually my my roommates and then some like I got like a distortion pedal and a reverb and I was like oh everything just like changed for me I was like oh I'm I can pretend to like kind of be good and then I just like kept playing but yeah those like acoustic and electric guitar my experiences with them are like so different and now I can pick up an acoustic and it's no problem. But as yeah. far as like learning on it, I, it was just so frustrating. I remember I got my first guitar when I was maybe like 15. And I got one at this little practice amp. This company, Gorilla, made this like practice amp and it was yellow. And I remember when they sold to me, they're like, don't use the distortion because that makes it easier to play. And it's, uh, and I was, they were like, you want to learn to play clean. And like literally, like the second you get home, you're like, I'm just going to turn the distortion up all the way. Oh, like, yeah. Who's- <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah. And honestly, I use distortion in almost every song. So yeah, yeah. To their yeah. point, I don't know about that. You know. Now, can I ask you both something that I just that I just thought of as guitar players? When you see people playing guitar in TV shows or movies, and they're very clearly faking it. Well, I guess it's a two part question. The first part is, does that happen a lot? Where they actually do a bad job of making the person. Like, do you notice that a lot where the person isn't doing a good job of, you can clearly tell the person can't really play guitar. And second of all, does it anger you in any way or do you just go, that's life? Well, this is also reminding me of your guys' theme song. And every time it comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, just lay it on me. That's Jonah. Yeah. Some serious rock. That's so nice. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that was me and our producer, Doug, we worked on that. He did the drums and the backing tracks, and then I, I put down that lead. It's so funny. <laughs> the, I'm really proud of that bend. Yeah. I really... It's very Bev Hills 90210. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the drama is like all there. You're just like, yes, let's go. Let's dive in. Um, no, I feel like whenever I watch movies or TV stuff with bands, it's usually like so insufferable. Just like because really? it's so hard to get it right and like realistic that I'm usually always like, but like I like it but I'm like cringing yes. so hard yeah my perception is that it's gotten better recently with that kind of stuff because people with the internet maybe people are more critical because I feel like when we were kids people would just be kind of playing whatever and now I think I read something about that Queen movie where the actor actually learned how to play piano for the movie like I think wow. now it's almost like part of it is is doing it because so many people will come out on the internet and say stuff like I think it's much more accurate today Yes. Oh, that's good to know. The, yeah, the, it's interesting you mentioned the piano because that's the only one as someone who played piano for a few years when we were younger, but also just understands how a piano works, which is more 
clearer than like a guitar because it's just pressing down the, you know? Yeah. It is, in, I always am interested when they have people playing piano in TV and movies and how are they going to show it? And if you know the person's not, usually it's someone who's really good it's at piano. It's pretty impressive in that movie. Did you, did either you see that, that Queen movie? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like lying on the floor kind of playing the piano wow. above him and he's playing it accurately. I'm pretty sure. Wow. So. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like they maybe make a point to try and figure that out or get a good double. Because I remember I like did this thing where I wrote some songs for this movie that Elizabeth Moss was supposed to play them in. And I sent her like actual videos of my hands and she uh, had a guitar teacher teach it to her. And that was like even a smaller kind of like yeah, indie film. Yeah. So I feel like if they're doing it on like that level then if if it's like a massive movie about music i could see them being like you need to be able to pull this off well should we take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with alicia aka bully hacks is back for season three and so is the official hacks podcast in each episode hacks creators lucia and yellow paul w downs and jen stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the emmy-winning comedy series You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And we're back. So Alicia, I wanted to ask really quick before we get into our topic, which is incredible. I read that you interned at Electrical Audio. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. How was it? It was really great. I mean, I think I like learned more in those three months than I did throughout all of college studying audio engineering. But I just got along with everybody there really well. And they kind of just gave me the keys and were like, you can, if no one's using a studio, you can, like they had practice reels of tape that you could work on and and then I went back and I actually ended up tracking the first two records there and doing it all on tape and like mixing it there too. But so it ended up being like a part of my life for a while. But it was really incredible. Did you get to use any? Of, I know they make those guitars and stuff. Did you get to use any of that type of gear? Yeah, I mean, I messed around with it, but I was more so just like kind of, you know, assisting and kind of just being there whenever people would need me to move stuff around or get things plugged up or whatever. But I basically would just sit back and then take notes on everything and all my questions. And I actually had a camera and I would take pictures of mic placement and stuff. And I still have them in a photo book to like reference because I actually got to be there when they were doing an orchestra, which is is like a dream if you're studying engineering because there's like every different 
you know, musical instrument that you get to see being mic'd. And then when the session would be over, I would like ask all my questions and stuff. But I, I didn't really like sit down and mess with like the guitars and pedals, but I did I did pick them up a few times. Sure, sure. Wow. Well, what people might not know about me is that, you know, I went to school, I majored in television, radio, and, and audio production. So my original plan was to kind of be an engineer. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, yeah. How is so it, it that took, you're my brother and I didn't know that? That's absolutely messed hmm. up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you talk to him. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I took LC classes and I had this sort of realization when I was, I guess in my early 20s, I guess when I was in school, I changed to a writing major because I was like, I don't like a lot of these bands I'm recording. And if this is my job, I'm going to have to record all these jam bands and all this uh, stuff. Right. Yeah. You don't get I to don't choose like. the pain. Yeah. yeah. And I was, that for me was enough to be like, I don't think I want to do this. Yeah. Was that ever a concern of yours? I mean, it also seems a little immature, but um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't mix something that I didn't like. But I, I guess I'm also fortunate that I kind of have the choice to not do that. But if you're going specifically for that, you're going to have to do that. But yeah, school for me was just, I, I didn't like the engineering course at our thing because everything had was on Pro Tools. And like Pro Tools is, if you see it and you see the transport of it, it's like fully mimics a tape machine. But for some reason, we weren't learning on the tape machine. So once I got around a tape machine, everything just like made a lot more sense versus yeah. Pro Tools, which was kind of like, oh, if it stops working, restart your computer. And you're just like, oh, I feel like I have no control. Right. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, if I would have just stuck with engineering, I kind of did engineering so that I would have no excuse to not start like playing music and be able to record my own stuff. Yeah, but that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. I was there right the changeover from analog to digital. So we were just starting Pro Tools, but we still had to splice tapes with exacto knives <sighs> and yeah. Whoa. So yeah. fun. So yeah. fun. I yeah. love that. Marking like the spot erasing and you're marking it and you're like slowly moving it. Yeah. I so fun. Wow. Wow. Vanessa, what do you think? I think I, uh, I think I'm not following. <laughs> that sounds very, very cool. Well, speaking of very cool things, <laughs> today's topic. At least yes. you sent us so many great topics, and the one we decided on was belly button rings, otherwise known as navel piercings. Yes, yes. And yeah, what what was it about this topic that that kind of brought to mind for you? How do you kind of look back on this? I remember getting my navel ring when I was <laughs> like 13 and I just I maybe I was thinking about it because I think it's kind of coming back which maybe it is we yes we were reading some research about it it's absolutely coming back yeah and that's pretty rough I mean <laughs> I don't I don't know if we need to go back there but yeah I just remember it being such like a staple it was like so-and-so's got their belly button pierced but really it's like if you think about it like pretty gross <laughs> right right totally you know, like, like, why? Why was that? It's just like a specific area. So at 13, are you, you have to have a, a parent bring you or did you yeah. have to? Yeah. Okay. What yeah. was that process like? I think yes. that either my dad took my friend and I or my friend's dad took my friend and I. Wow. I, I feel like when I was in high school and middle school, piercings were like really big. Like I remember the cartilage piercing being a thing. Yeah. I had like yeah. an industrial bar at one point that I like permanently have a scar from not taking care of properly. Like, but yeah, 13, the belly button rings were really. What year, if you don't mind my asking, because what year were you 13 in? I'm 33. I'm 33. Yeah. So. Okay. 
So you're like 10 years younger than us. So I feel like we were the age that like we were sort of old enough to go on our own and get them and could just absolutely go nuts and get the most stupid piercings. Yeah. I got my, I got my tongue pierced on my 18th birthday. So then, oh and then my I, gosh. And then I tried to hide it from my parents and my tongue Jonah was just complete, wasn't talking. I just wasn't talking at dinner. My tongue was completely swollen. But also I was always the much bigger talker. So no one really thought that was that out of the ordinary. Like he was there, he was eating dinner. So it was like, you know, we're all cool. It took a long time. But then didn't you say you were just like sneaking a bunch of ice cubes from the kitchen? To yeah, put on I remember. Your yeah, because I didn't really do a lot of research on it. And so, yeah, I didn't realize my tongue would be so swollen for like two days and it would, yeah, it, it hurt. For sure. I got my tragus pierced right around my 18th birthday because, or I guess it wasn't my 18th birthday, but it was right before I went to college and I was 18. And I remember sleeping in my dorm room the first night and having like the salt on my ear, like to, so that it wouldn't get infected or whatever. Like the bad. What is your tragus? Your tragus is, yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. And you know, I still have it pierced. And at different times, I would take it out, especially when I was on SNL, because especially when I would play like the bar mitzvah boy and stuff, it was like a little too punk for for that character. (laughs) But I have it back in now. Whenever people see it, their first question is, did that hurt so much? Because I think it looks like it hurts the most because it's like the hardest part of cartilage. Yeah. I mean, that's thick. It's pretty thick, but it only hurts for a second. It hurts when they're closing because I have like a loop thing in there. It hurts when they're closing it and putting that little ball in or whatever so that it stays Mm -hmm. closed. But And by loop, I mean hoop. So Alicia did a lot of your friends have belly button rings during this era? Was it like, what kind of put it on your radar? No, I mean, I think it was just like me and my other friend. I don't know what put it on. I mean, probably like MTV put it on my radar. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Jonah found there's a piece of pop culture, and I wonder if you can guess what it is, that really put belly button piercings on the map. Christina Aguilera. Well, great, that's one. There's a bunch. Guess. There's a bunch. I guess, you know, according to Wikipedia, it first hit the mainstream when model Christy Turlington revealed her navel piercing at a fashion show in London in 1993, which... Who could forget that? Who could forget that? But the popularization of it... Was a 1993 Aerosmith music video for Crying, where Alicia Silverstone gets her navel oh. pierced in the video. Remember, she gets it pierced on... In the music video, she gets it pierced. Oh and God. then we've talked about this music video before, and I've said that I always thought that when she goes bungee jumping at the end of the video, her navel piercing is somehow involved. It's not. But my friend Rachel told me she also thought that, so I'm not crazy. But yeah, there's a scene where she, where she gets it pierced, and I guess that was sort of like a mainstream moment where everyone was like, well, Alicia Silverstone's getting done this Aerosmith video. I should just do this. Yes. it was. I, I feel like it was like, I related it. It seemed like so angsty at the time. But yeah. Yeah. that was just like my relationship with it. But that's c- kind of like how I felt. Like it was like, I'm so complicated. I've got my belly button pierced. It's so interesting what goes from edgy to sort of... More like new metal. Like I feel like like <laughs> eyebrow piercings used to be... We're also around that era cool. But those haven't come back in the same way. But I do think like they kind of seem new metal to me in a way. Eyebrow piercings? Yeah. 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 But then what about stuff that, because to me... Like if you're in a band called like Sewage or something, you could have an eyebrow piercing. Yeah, yeah. I got it. (laughs) Okay, that's new. Okay. To me, belly button piercings went from being sort of cool and like edgy to sort of... The thing that I would compare them to, and this is no burn to anyone who has one of these, is like a butterfly on your lower back. Like that used to be so cool because it was like, you know, you, you have like this little tattoo and you're actually kind of edgy. Whereas now, if you see someone with a butterfly tattoo on their lower back, it's like not considered edgy at all. Right, right. It's 
Yeah. Definitely not. No, that is, <laughs> yeah. That is quite a sight. Yeah, no, because then I, I feel like it was in, like, I mean, they, they were just, the belly button rings were just everywhere. They, yes. Like, yeah. They almost got, like, pop, kind of, like, kind of, like, yeah, from edgy to, like, very mainstream pop, almost. Yes. And then you could get, like, little charms coming off of them, remember, that would oh be, God, people would have such elaborate. I don't know. People would treat them sort of like earrings. Like and they had like little rhinestones and stuff like that. Like a little fairy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little heart. A little fairy, a little heart. I mean. Oh my gosh. And it was yet still considered edgy. Yeah. And then I found an article in InStyle magazine recently that says Gen Z wants belly button rings to be a thing again. Talks about how they're big on TikTok. This piercer says they've been doing more than ever because celebrities like Billie Eilish and Normani have them. Yeah, it's it's apparently coming back with Gen Z. You know, I will say this. The thing that I, about piercings in general is they are a good way to sort of change something up and try and be a little edgy because unless you're stretching or doing something like pretty extreme, you can just take them out. And it's sort of a nice, whereas like tattoos and other stuff, like you are committed. So I just think particularly butterfly tattoos on your lower back, you know, that that's, I guess my point is, uh, I guess. That's not going anywhere. You you dive in and that's, you're committed. You're committed. (laughs) I feel like when I used to get in trouble, my like, kind of like middle finger would be I would sit in my bathroom and I would pierce my own ears I'd do like the ice cube and the needle with the apple in the back and I would be like well if I'm grounded I guess my ears are going to be pierced for the fourth time (laughs) and I just had like four piercings up each ear but like the thing that's weird about belly button rings is like it's such a small piece of skin it's like such a small piece of skin but the bar is like so thick. Right. Do you remember feeling like it was heavy or do you not feel it? I just remember thinking like, this is a pretty thin layer of skin over this like bar. Like, yes. I feel like there's no way that it could have been flattering in any way. It it may have just been like, huh, that doesn't really look like that was supposed to happen. Yeah. feels like it's so cool to like show your midriff and you're like, (laughs) look at me in this cool short top and I'm absolutely rocking it. Yeah. That's my impression of that person. And then it's like, and I have a piercing here too. So it's like, look at my stomach. It looks rad or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think worse things could come back from the 90s. Yes. What do you think would be the worst thing, Jonah? Probably, I mean, my mind went to like, all of a sudden, kids are smoking Marlboro Reds or something. Right, but, right, You know, right. that could come back. And they're smoking them indoors at Denny's. Like, all that stuff, obviously, <laughs> way worse. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> so many, would, such a set of circumstances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, if that came back, I'd be like, no, I mean, again, <laughs> I don't know. Better than a butterfly tattoo. No shade yeah. on butterfly tattoos, but... But how do you feel about Gen Z bringing back the belly button ring? What are, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I I just, I guess, just like live your life however you want sure, to. Sure, sure. I, I feel like, to Vanessa's point, it is nice that it is something you can just take out. But like, right. piercings have, at least in my experience, they're never worth the effort of like the upkeep. Yes, totally. Because yeah. if they get infected, it's such a nightmare. Yeah. The like idea of, 
keeping your infected piercing. Like it looks like it's like you can see that it's infected, but you're like too proud to take it out. It's just like this is it's such a weird thing to be like, look at this thing. But also mine is like swollen and like kind of pussy. Yes, but like I totally. refuse to take it out. It's like, why did I? Why did I do that? Yeah, why did I do this? Now, I have a question for both of you. I'm calling this a 90s challenge question, okay? If you had to walk around for an entire day in public with either a exposed navel piercing or a co-ed naked t-shirt. Remember those t-shirts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What would you pick? Navel piercing for me because I was strutting it. I was, you know. Same. But today, you'd have to do it. Probably that. Same. Jonah? I'm trying to think of like a situation where my navel be exposed just walking around <laughs> in public. But I will say I would go with that over the... I, th- yeah. I feel like it would be... Yeah, I don't think I could wear the shirt. I think that would be... The shirt... That to me was like... It, that would be the worst thing that would come back from the 90s. Where's those yeah, t-shirts? There was this weird almost like jock kind of like sports shirts that were also like weirdly misogynistic yes. at the same time, but were super popular. Like you popular. would get those at sporting goods stores is where you would yeah. buy those t-shirts. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. Wasn't that weird that that was such a thing? Co-ed naked t-shirts? It's like... Yeah, you don't see them anymore. You don't see them. Okay, well, now that I've silenced everyone, it's time to go to a commercial <laughs> break. <laughs> but we'll be right back. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. All right, now we'd like to play a game with you we call Back to the Present. Joan and Vanessa, we've got to go back to the present! This game kind of goes seamlessly from what we were just talking about. But so basically, Back to the Present, the name of the game is a take on the nostalgic Back to the Future franchise. So just kind of want to get credit for that. And in this segment, we say something from our childhood that we wish would come back. So to give you a little time to think about something, we'll say ours first, but it can be a snack, it can be a toy, it can be a game, it can be a TV show, it can be anything that you would want to bring back from your childhood. Jonah, would you like to go first? Sure. So. I don't know if you'll remember this, but what I would like to bring back is 
the Carvin Guitar Mail Order Catalog. Do you familiar with this? So No. Yeah, this mm-hmm. might have been... I remember it. You remember it. In the yeah. 90s, there was this company, Carvin, which is now, I guess, called Kaisel Guitars. And all of the guitars they made were custom. And they had, like, basically a mail order catalog where you could look at all their guitars. And I would look at this catalog just for hours. And they had all those kind of like flamed finishes and very kind of like gaudy. I would just look at this carving catalog over and over. And I guess they closed their California factory in 2017, but they relaunched in 2018. Now it's called Kaisel. And I guess they still build electric acoustic MIDI synth guitars and basses. And what's so weird is that I really want this to come back, but as an adult, I get so many catalogs in the mail. Me and my wife, like any mattress, like organic mattress company or like clothing or shoes, any product, we get the catalogs and I hate getting them and I recycle them. But if I got a guitar catalog, like a carving catalog, I would be totally into it. So I don't like getting catalogs, but I really would like to still get this catalog, even though I probably wouldn't buy anything from it. And do you think it's because like when you were a kid, you sort of dream about what custom catalog yeah, you Yeah, because I didn't have any money and I wasn't actually able to buy the stuff in there, but it was fun to kind of look at all, you know, pick stuff out. And same with the musician's friend catalog. Yeah. That was a big one. And, you know, you just go through it and just circle all the stuff you, you wanted once you're an adult. Well, I think that's great. Yeah, Jenna. that would be cool. Thank you so yeah. much. Do either you get a lot of catalogs? Is it is it is that just a pervasive thing? No, I never get catalogs. Really? I was surprised to hear you say that you guys get I that do you get, get a lot. You get a lot. I think sometimes if I buy something or I get on some mailing list or yeah. my wife like I said, me and my wife and it's just only happened maybe like a year or so ago and now we just get catalogs like every day. So many. Yeah. Well, you know, I loved catalogs when I was a kid. I don't know if you right. remember that. I ordered so many to our house and my friends and I would call in different voices and act like we were adults with different accents and order catalogs to other people's houses and ours. Have you been doing that to us? <laughs> no, but... Okay. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Get ready for it. You know what's so funny that I used to do, which is like so stupid? I just had a memory of it when you asked me that. I used to order catalogs. First of all, as I said, I would talk in an accent and I would think that I was really getting one over on the catalog Like people. what would your accent be? Oh, yeah. I'd say, I remember calling this one jewelry cataloging and saying, now I heard that your catalog's just the best thing since sloss bread. I remember doing that from Julie Hill's house and I remember the woman laughing and me being like, oh my God, she thinks I'm this this like woman with this funny <laughs> accent. But I'm sure she was laughing because she was like, a little kid is calling me. <laughs> In a Southern accent. <laughs> and I remember saying, your catalog's the best thing since sloss bread. And I remember oh my- being like, what? Since what, wait, what kind of bread? Sliced. Sliced. Sliced okay. bread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even like a, a like a Pizza Hut or like ordering a pizza phone call, it's an accent is going to come out. You got to do an accent. But yeah. anyways, the other thing I used to do is sort of prank our family because I would order catalogs. And I say, this is so stupid. But I would order them to like Maurice Bayer or like, or like Timothy Bayer. Like I would just order so catalogs. you make up the first name? <laughs> yes. So I remember like, I just had like this memory of looking at our counter and there was like a catalog to like Maurice Bayer or something and just being like, oh man, I really got us. That's like my Jean-Claude moment in French class. You really feel like you're getting one over on the world. And really, the joke's on you. Yep. Yeah. Slash your family. Now, I was going to do a different one, but because you did a catalog, I was so inspired, Jonah. Sure. The catalog that I wish would come back that I think... 
actually still exists, but maybe is more popular now as a website than a catalog, is the Delia's catalog. Alicia, were you into the Delia's oh, catalog at all? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, we're talking the hippest, coolest clothing for girls and teens. I remember they had these... They were just like very kind of like sort of alternative clothing, but just really cool. So a big thing was the postal pants that had a stripe down the side. Oh, yeah. That was absolutely cool. Another thing was I feel like they had a lot of platform shoes, cool sweaters, just sort of like a little bit, not grunge, but almost sort of off center kind of stuff that, yeah. Yeah, like they really knew how to use a flower print, I feel like. It was like just a bunch of little flowers, but in like a kind of edgy way. It was kind of skatery. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. It was kind of skatery, but sort of feminine. So I just remember thinking, I remember my friend Kitty's sister, Anne, Anne, who's in your grade, Jonah, had the postal pants. And I remember being like, well, I guess this is officially the coolest person in the world. <laughs> I wonder if they still sell the postal pants. I'm actually going to look it up. They would have like a silver reflective stripe like yes, in the middle exactly. sometimes. Yeah. It was like, these are postal pants, but they're a little more glam and cool for a fun teen to wear. But I remember like having that catalog and circling stuff in it. That was a big thing with me that I've brought up before. It's like, I love to go through catalogs and circle all the stuff I'm going to buy and then end up generally not getting any of it. Um, (laughs) And you've also talked about you'd pick out stuff you wanted to buy as an adult, but want to buy it as a kid so you had it in your closet. When we did the episode where we were talking about the Guns N' Roses video trilogy, I said it made me think about Stephanie Seymour, who was married to Axl Rosen in a lot of those videos, who was a model a lot in the Victoria's Secret catalog. (laughs) When we used to get this Victoria's Secret catalog, and I loved the clothes in it. I thought the clothes in it were absolutely perfect for... Some of them were more loungewear, like sweatshirts and stretch pants, but then some of them were like skirt suits and stuff. And I remember thinking, oh God, like this will be perfect for when I'm an adult and I'm a businesswoman and I have to, I'm so stressed out because I want to buy the stuff now, but I don't know exactly what size I'll be in 20 years. So it's just, (laughs) and I remember having like a real crisis of conscience of like, okay, I can buy the stuff now, but maybe it'll still be in the catalog in 20 years. And I don't know exactly what my job's going to be. And I don't know exactly what color I want to get it in 20 years from now. So it was just really, really stressful. But yeah, the clothes in Victoria's Secret, I thought this is the perfect thing to wear if you're a businesswoman going to your big corporate job. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So Alicia, what would you bring back if you could bring back anything? It does not have to be a catalog. I know we made it seem like it does. Well, I mean, I could stay like on the topic of books. I feel like. Yes. Well, it never really worked the way that I like planned for it to. But do you remember those like at Grey Clips, those haircut books that you could look through and then you would be like, that's the haircut I want. Yes. 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 I would maybe bring those back. Like I said, like I never really had much success with them. I remember one time I was like, I got dropped off at Great Clips. I think I was like maybe 11 and I like picked out this cut. And I I feel like whenever I pick out stuff like that, I always like think that somehow I'm going to look like that person. You right. know what I'm oh, totally. Like I'm going to be like, yeah, maybe I'll be like a step closer to that model. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, that's just not my face, but it's hard to separate the two. And I remember like picking out this cut and like every time... I go in like being like, this is it. Like, this is my moment. Like, I'm going to change. This is going to be a really good look for me. And she gave me the cut and I like 
looked in the mirror and I started like tearing up and she was like, how, how is it? And I was like, it's so good. Like, it's so great. And then I walked outside and I got in the car and I was crying and I was like, I look like a dog. And my dad was like, what are you talking about? It's fine. And then I got home and one of my sisters looked at me and she goes, you look like a dog. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God. Isn't it funny how when you're a kid, it's so hard to stand up and tell people what you feel. I remember with Jonah was shopping with mom for the suit I was going to wear to your bar mitzvah. I just had a memory of this. Uh-huh. And I remember this whole, we went to this kind of little boutique store that this woman owned. And I remember like trying this whole suit on and they were like, it looks great. And mom was like, yeah, it looks great. And the woman was like, it's, it's wonderful. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the moment we got we got in the car, I was like, I hate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm like still like that when I you, get haircuts. I can move into it's like you yeah. don't want to disrespect an adult or the person who like whose work it is or whatever or whose store it is. And I just remember being like, Yeah, this is really great. Or even at department stores, like with um we had a real journey finding my suit for your bar mitzvah Jonah, my skirt suit. But I remember being at like Higby's before it was Dillard's and trying trying on stuff and the salesperson being like, that looks great. And then the moment she would like close the thing and I was just with mom, I'd be like, I hate it. (laughs) Whereas now I can at least say to salespeople like, yeah, I don't think it's for me, you know, and I don't think I'm going to like hurt their feelings because it's also they didn't make it. (laughs) I feel like it's kind of similar. Sometimes it's even like that when you go out to eat and the waiter's like really pushing something. Oh my God, that's the worst. And then you're like, well, fuck and then you like order and you're like yeah want that i just i couldn't say no to you i always feel weird when they really recommend something strong and then i don't want it and i don't order it but then i'm like should i acknowledge that like this sounds fine but not for me or like because it seems weird when they're like this thing's so great and then they come to like what do you want i'm like not that yeah (laughs) like it seems like insulting yeah i had an experience once and i will never forget it and i've talked to him about it recently but i had an experience with dad where one time we went to lunch in like mayfield heights And we went to this sort of nice lunch place. I think it was called like the Bellflower or something. That's not what it was, but it was anyway. Sounds fancy. It was fancy. And we were getting lunch and I had a book with me because I think I was in high school and I was reading some book and and the server, she was so nice. Like she was like, what would you guys like? Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, what's that book? I'm going to borrow that. And she was like, just giving us. And then we were sort of asking her, she was like, what should we get? And she said something, a salad or a veggie burger, something was like really good. And we were like, okay. And then she like walked away. And then when we came, she might've literally taken the book and was like, I'm going to take a look at this or whatever. And she came back for us to order and we didn't order whatever she had recommended. And she turned on us. Like she truly did the thing that you're always scared that someone's going to do where she was like, okay. And then we were like ordering or getting, she's like, yeah, great. And then she like was mean to us for the rest of the lunch. (laughs) And it seems like I made it up because that's like such an irrational fear that you have at restaurants that you're going to offend the server. But she really did. And I'll never forget it because I was like, this is crazy. Like this woman is that mad that we're not ordering the thing she recommended. Like, why would she care? So anyway. Alisa, did you say you worked as a server? Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think's going on? Do you think the manager is like, just push these, we got to get rid of these? Or do you, what do you think is the situation there? I mean, I, I think maybe she was like having a bad day. Sure. But she started out so pleasant. She started out great. I should rephrase that. I don't think she was having a bad day. I think maybe she was taking a few things out on you guys that maybe not. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. She was very sensitive that day. Yeah. When I was in high school... I mean, I've worked at a ton of restaurants, but it 
I started as like a host and then busboy and then eventually was a server. And a couple of my friends had the job and I had like no idea how any of us got it because it was like kind of fancy. Like we were supposed to be like pairing steaks with wine, but we were like (laughs) 17. And like, I didn't even fully understand steak temperature. So we were just kind of like going around that restaurant, just like bullshitting everybody. Like I would do a Cabernet with like the fried mozzarella. Like it's going to really bring out the flavors. And I feel like we got away with that. And so I kind of feel like this woman was maybe just taking things a little too far. Like, yeah, you know, right. It was just that seems like a bit much. Yeah, it definitely was to the point that I still remember it. Yeah. And so dad was on board with this. This wasn't just your perception. No, we've talked about it recently. And I was like, do you remember this? And he was like, yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. It just because she was so like sort of effusive and so sweet and wanted to know what I was reading and was just like so all in on us when we got there. And then the moment we didn't order what she recommended, it was like a 180. She's like, I've never forgotten that either. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like very messed up. So... I could see like feeling so much shame and guilt for that for like months after that experience as a child. Yeah. I think because I was a teenager, I was like old enough to be like, this woman's something's wrong with her today. You know, like she's, (laughs) but yeah. But also just to go back to what you were saying, we used to go get our, God, I can't remember the name of it, but my mom and I used to get our hair cut at the mall, I think at Beachwood Place at this place called like John Mitchell. But even those kinds of salons that were like, all over Cleveland and maybe still are that are called like... I remember that place and everyone who worked there had to wear black. Right, right. Yes. And it was like, that was like super trendy. Yes, yes. So punk rock. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it was like, everyone was wearing black. And then I remember, I have one... Paul Mitchell. Was it, that no, it? it wasn't Paul Mitchell. That's the name, but that's a good 90s. Well, I mean, it's maybe still around. Brand, but I but- remember, and this is so ironic because I don't have a ton of hair now, but I remember this bald guy getting his haircut there and me being like, why is this guy getting his haircut? <laughs> right, right. Like, I didn't understand the hair would grow in different spots. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now I get it. It was the place right when you entered Beachwood Place. It was there. But they also had those books. It's like, I feel like even a fancy salon would have books that were of people. Like They were like a huge book that was in black and white. All the images were mostly in black and white. And it was just all these, I guess, hair models who were just like, I don't know. Well, they do it still. Like if you are in Brooklyn or something, you go by a barber shop. They'll have different styles. Like books, you know, like a big. Well, book. like they'll have like a sa- like a sandwich board thing. With These different- were like coffee table books got almost. It, that, got it. But that now I think in a fancy salon they'd have more of a like maybe wouldn't have that, but maybe they would. Do you remember? Like that phase where I feel like people were promoting, I don't know if it was like a Veda, but people would be going to school and it would be like you could like get a haircut by someone who was learning. That was like what you thought the price of like a a cheap haircut, but it was like, you're like, oh, this is so fancy because I'm going into a Veda to get this done. I feel like that was a huge thing when I lived in Chicago because I was like, we were all like improvisers and we weren't making any money. It was like, you can get a massage by someone who is just learning to do it. So it's like super cheap or like a haircut or something. And then you're like, wow, I'm getting an absolute deal because this person is using the finest products Yeah, and they know what they're doing, but because they're not like fully licensed yet, they can't charge as much. I used to do that with a dentist when I lived in New York. I would go to this NYU NYU dental program and you could get dental work done by like (laughs) people learning how to do it. And I would go there as like my dentist I remember and as I get my x-rays and it was like these kids and they kind of have a supervisor and looking back I'm like I can't believe I did that no 
Not with the dentist. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta kinda prioritize some things and <laughs> my brother and sisters and I when we got braces when we were really young, we moved like six months after and had to see a different dentist and he was like this job is a no-go. We need to take, he t- they'd had to take off all the braces and redo <gasps> them. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, when it comes yeah. to dentists. You gotta, yeah. Also, yeah. I feel like a massage is like a lot less risky. Like I always feel like with a haircut and something like that, you're like, yeah, they can gonna roll the dice with this. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, I don't know how I figured it out, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely got, I, that was like my main dentist when I was in New York, I think, for a long time. And I helped a lot of students learn how to work on teeth, you know, so. <laughs> I guess self- it's better than yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Did you know that, Vanessa? Did I ever tell you that? No, and I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> if you had told me, I would have said, stop doing this. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Glad you didn't. Well, this was so much fun, Alicia. Thank you so much for doing this. Now, where can people find you? Well, let's promote the album. Let's get let's get into it for the fans and friends alike. I think everything is Bully the Music and a TikTok that I have that I always forget that I have that I've only done a couple posts of. So that's not really necessary. But I think that one is Bully the Music music. Because great, great. Bully the Music was taken. I'm pretty sure that's it for most of the handles. Great, great. And your album comes out? June 2nd. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. And um, this has been great. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you to everyone listening. Be sure to check out Alicia's new album. You will know Alicia as Bully, okay, when you get yeah. the album, because that's <laughs> lucky for you when it comes out on June 2nd. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like belly button rings. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Alicia. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.